Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Welcome, welcome crew, guys, gals, ghouls, creeps, friends, fiends, foes, whoever may be listening out there beyond the omniverse tonight. Secure your tinfoil hats, buckle down tight, and hold on loosely as we soar over the rocky tops of the La Platas on a rocky mountain high, get sucked into the vortex of the Four Corners, and settle down snugly at mile marker 420 in colorful Colorado. It is Sunday, August 20th, Monday, August 21st, for those of you across the pond and beyond. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, and welcome to We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. I'm so glad you could join us this evening on the show. I hope you guys have been enjoying the shows. I know um, 
this this weekend's been a little slow on bookings. It was just me. My husband keeps asking me who's on the show tonight. And I'm like, Numero Uno, baby. And he just gives me like this creeper look and I'm just like, hey, don't hate. Appreciate. But no. Um we will have some guests coming in. It's just, you know, we had a slow weekend. I'm your host, Tessa TNT, and we are broadcasting live from the Mile High Clubhouse tonight. As I said, I'm so glad you could join us. Tonight we're going to be doing story time with me, Tessa TNT. And then at the very end, I have picked out a specific creepy video by Mind Junkie. So it should be pretty good. Hopefully you guys like it. And I'm hoping this music isn't too loud. Let me turn it down just a smidge. We need the background music. But alas, we're going to have to change the settings here really quick. I'm going to pause this. And go over here. All right, so the reason we're going to change a couple things is I'm just hooked on the news recently as far as the fires, the land grabs, the water grabs, everything. It's stretching all the way from Hawaii to the west coast of North America. So basically, the United States of America and Canada, which I like to call Canada. But yeah, um, there's a couple things I wanted to share, and it's just creeping me out. Like, what's going on? The way that things are being handled. You know, generally with fires and other um, things like that that happen, they're on it straight away. But it seems like with Lahaina and BC and, you know, a major portion of Canada, they're not doing their jobs. Um, this video that I'm about to share with you can explain a lot of it. And, and like I said, it's super creepy. So this to me is considered creepy video. So, um, yeah, pay attention to what this local is saying because this is pretty dang messed up, I must say. To the situation unfolding in West Kelowna, where fire officials are describing scenes unlike any they've seen before. Let's take you live now to Brady Strachan, who leads us off tonight. Brady, incredibly smoky views behind you now. Take us through just how this began to threaten the community. Yeah, Michelle, last night, as many people have seen the, the photos and the, the video of the fire just up on the crests above homes and uh, from uh, the Kelowna side looking over to West Kelowna, seeing the fires burning trees and structures. Today, the winds were stronger this morning, but have died down. And now the smoke is really settling in here. There's uh, ash that has been kind of slowly falling down upon us here. I'm at the evacuee reception center in West Kelowna, where people are coming to check and see if they can get a hotel room or, or meal vouchers and that. And so speaking to people about the ordeal that they've been through the past 24 hours, many people are worried about their homes. They're worried about pets that they weren't able to bring back and and some people are worried that they may have lost everything. I think my house is gone. I actually came back from Victoria to get here. I wasn't able to get back home in time, but I've tried a couple times, but it's not safe. So I'm just going to stay where I am and hope for the best. 
And we know, uh, Michelle, that there are some lost structures in this fire. In fact, we have photo confirmation that uh, the Okanagan Lake Resort, which is a, a very well-known resort on the west side of Okanagan Lake, their structures there have burned in that fire. The fire also jumped over the lake to Kelowna, and today there's a fire emergency on the other side of the lake with um, uh, several neighborhoods having evacuation orders and the University of British Columbia just recently having tactical evacuations and asking people there to leave. So there's a lot happening here in uh, the Kelowna area with these aggressive fires. Brady, an incredibly difficult time for people there. What are some of the other evacuees telling you? Michelle, it, it's uh, exhaustion from having to sleep in your car uh, last night and, and then not being able to sleep because the, all you can see is the fires burning above your neighborhood. Uh, people coming here and, and having to wait in long lines in order to register and see if they can get a hotel. So we spoke to some people about uh, yeah, just the frustrations and the emotions of, of being out of their homes with this fire emergency going on. I've talked to lots of people here last night that lost their homes. So Trader's Cove, I guess, is gone. There were people were jumping in the water, just like Hawaii. So yeah, it's it's been a nightmare. Go to the Where water. did you go yesterday? Right here to watch my house to see whether it's going to burn. And, of course, Michelle, as, as you heard in that clip, fire officials are still very wary of the weather, of this extreme fire behavior. And if the winds do pick up again, um, you know, there's concern that there could be more structure loss. We still don't know how many structures have been confirmed to be lost, but we know that some have. And so that is on the minds of everybody here in the Kelowna area. Michelle? Brady Strachan live in West Kelowna for us tonight. Brady, thank you for your reporting. We'll check back with you later there. Thanks, for more, Michelle. we'll bring in Janella Hamilton. She's been tracking the latest from the province and emergency management. Janella, for those who are evacuating, where are they being told to go? Well, Michelle, at this point, the regional district is asking evacuees to contact friends and family because hotels, motels and other tourism operations in the area are at capacity. As for evacuation centres, we heard Brady talk a little bit about it. For those in Kelowna, a reception centre has been set up at the Salvation Army on Sutherland Drive. Evacuees from West Kelowna who live south of Traders Cove can go to the information centre at Royal LePage Place on Cameron Road. And for those who live north of Traders Cove. A center has been set up at Cal Tire Place on 43rd Avenue in Vernon. Everyone covered by an evacuation alert is asked to prepare or be prepared to leave at a moment's notice. And Janella, we also heard from officials about a harrowing series of events last night, a rescue of people who did not heed those evacuation orders. That's right, Michelle. West Kelowna Fire Chief Jason Brolin says residents who chose not to leave endangered the lives of first responders. Uh, we had people trapped. Uh, that, that's the fire chief's worst nightmare. Um, those uh, emergency responders were trapped because they were rescuing members of the public uh, who had chosen not to leave. The B.C. Wildfire Service says those who defied the evacuation orders put the lives of police and firefighters at risk. Officials are reminding residents now is not the time to ignore an evacuation order with the wildfire continuing to spread and burn aggressively. 
Officials are also urging anyone in the area not to use boats to access the evacuation zone and to keep drones out of the skies as they are a significant hazard to fire crews fighting the fires. People are also being told not to travel to the central Okanagan area or return to their homes to see if they've been damaged. It is still too dangerous. Or Janella Hamilton. Thanks, Janella. And for a wider look at the situation across B.C., 165 wildfires are still burning out of control. Evacuation orders have That's been issued lot. and expanded throughout the day. Columbia Shuswap Regional District has issued an evacuation order for all of Lee Creek and Scotch Creek. An evacuation order is in effect for approximately 11 properties and the Scotch Creek Bridge has been closed. Fires are spreading along either side of that crossing, blocking off all road access. The Columbia Shuswap Regional District is transporting people out of the area by boat and firefighters have had to retreat, leaving sprinklers on. Darius Madavi joins us now with a first look at the conditions in this province. Darius, we heard warnings this. So um, I have to say about this feller, that is, you know, the weather guy. Reminds me of the Troy Bacon uh, of the weather world. I don't know. So that dry lightning and even more fire starts, which is not great in a situation that's already really terrible. Uh, now, I also want to take a look at the drought rating. This is what's really driving those fires. It's probably the root cause in addition to the fire starts. Uh, we have just historic levels. Look at where we were at last year. This was heading into a fall that was considered an unprecedented drought uh, situation last fall. And it seems those conditions have carried through into this year. And that's why we see so many places in drought level five. Just yesterday, Kelowna was bumped up to a level five. So this is a very dangerous and active situation because everything is so dry. All those fuels are so available. The other thing you can look at here, this is a map of Kelowna and West Kelowna. This is where we're seeing that fire burn. And you can see the winds coming from the northwest. Those winds are going to keep blowing for a while yet. They have calmed down a bit from earlier today. At their peak, they were blowing at anywhere from uh, 30 to 40 kilometers per hour sustained winds, which is much higher than forecasters were expecting at 15 to 20 kilometers per hour. But also the gusts are at 50 to 60 kilometers per hour, which is uh, around what we were expecting. But the sustained winds being so much higher than we thought is really the concern. So that fire is being blown towards the city once again. Those winds might shift to blow even more from the north later today. But uh, the wind speeds do seem to be coming down. So there's good news there, at least. All right. Thanks, Darius. And we will check in with you a little later in the show. Thank thanks, Troy Bacon. For more on what is happening on the ground today, I'm joined by Gord Milsom, mayor of West Kelowna. Mayor, thank you for being with us on a difficult day. Uh, the West Kelowna fire chief said just moments ago, this is going to be an incredibly difficult night. What and I have to say, this fire chief has either been, like, deep in action or on the front lines, or he just came back from a vacation from Mexico because his face looks like my legs looked when I came back from Mexico. But I'm pretty sure for him, he looks like a serious guy. It wasn't vacation. Pretty sure he did take himself out on the front lines in different areas where the fire is so hot, you do get a burn on your skin. It's like a damn sunburn. What have you been hearing from your constituents? Well, obviously, a great concern. Uh, uh, this is a uh, significant uh, fire, uh, very aggressive, uh, very threatening. So our residents are, are, are anxious. Uh, 
particularly with the, the number of evacuation orders that, uh, that are coming down, and we anticipate more. So obviously, when you're asked to leave your home, if you, you know, which they have to leave immediately, it's very concerning. Uh, you know, you're leaving all your, you know, a lot of your goods behind, and it's your, it's, it's your property, and it's where your families live. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're anxious. And can you walk us through how the evacuation has gone so far, how much of the city has been impacted? Well, there's a, you know, thousands of, uh, of, uh, of uh, properties, of property owners, residents have, have, are either under evacuation alert or evacuation order. As far as under evacuation order, where we've asked residents to leave their, their, their Could me- firefighters and otherwise uh, we're doing what we can. Uh, there's a united front as far as uh, uh, services available that are working on their behalf. Uh, our firefighters are just doing an incredible job uh, with regards to saving homes. And uh, and we're just going to keep our fingers crossed that, uh, you know, all goes well as far as the winds. And, uh, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully there'll be uh, minimal damage going forward. But uh, we're here to, to support our residents. Uh, please come to the, there's an emergency uh, uh, services uh, information center here at Royal LePage Place at 20, 2760 Cameron Road, right by City Hall. So uh, the residents can come and register here or they can register online. Uh, let us know what their needs are and hopefully their needs can be accommodated. But it's a matter of staying calm and, uh, you know, we'll get through this together. And we know this is a very dynamic situation, changing hour by hour. Do you have an update on how many homes may have been lost? No, I don't. Uh, I don't believe that assessment will be made for for some time, as I, 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 I do know that our firefighters are focused on, uh, on uh, fighting that wildfire, and uh, the battle goes on. And uh, that's where their attention is. And uh, also those areas that uh, are under evacuation order have been kind of blocked off for security reasons, and it'll take some time to fully uh, fully assess the uh, the uh, damage done and the uh, the uh, number of structures that have been impacted in a, in a negative way. Good of you to be with us. We are wishing you all the best. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Meanwhile, a band chief in the lower Similkameen says he's frustrated more resources aren't coming his way. The Crater Creek wildfire near Kirameo started July 22nd and has grown to more than 22,000 hectares. Chief Keith Crow says lack of wildfire services for that, that fire has led to worsening conditions. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a helicopter in three days. Why? Almost four days now. So we're pretty much watching the fire and it's been... It has been pretty stressful. You know, my heart goes out to West Kelowna and everything that's happening out there. I, there's a lot of structure loss, and I really feel for the people. And um, But i got to speak up for my community. We need the support as well. Our frustration is this could have been handled, I think, sooner. And now here we are losing structures. Um, we're really monitoring our one subdivision right now. There's uh, 17 homes there, and uh, the fire is right beside it. In BC's East Kootenay, the out-of-control Horse Thief Creek fire north of Panorama is pushing past man-made guards. As Corey Bullock reports, officials are urging people to keep calm, even as... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Nearly a thousand properties are under evacuation alert. Invermere Mayor Al Miller is urging residents to remain calm and vigilant as weather continues to impact the Horse Thief Creek fire. Staying out of the way, letting our agencies do their proper job, and we'll be well supported, we'll be well looked after. On Thursday morning, the regional district Where's of the helicopters? expanded an existing evacuation alert to include more than 900 properties in Panorama a precautionary measure to make sure residents are prepared should an order come down. I think this is a good opportunity for residents and visitors to the valley to really have a good look at their own preparation plans and their personal preparation. The Horse Thief Creek complex is made up of three different fires in the Columbia Valley, the Horse Thief Creek being the largest at nearly 4,000 hectares. It started on July 24th, and while crews have made progress with fire guards, Strong says the weather is not helping. Over the last few days, we've seen those guards be challenged as we see hot, um, super dry temperatures across the province, including this region, uh, and then winds moving through the area as well. But the mayor says the community and the fire are in good hands. We're well looked after here. We have a large contingent of uh, firefighters in internationally. And, uh, and they really have been taking good care of us. Crews from Australia, the U.S. and Mexico are helping in the Columbia Valley. It's been a difficult season for many of our crews in the province, and we're super grateful for all of the support that we've received from external agencies. Miller adds that plans are in place should residents need to be evacuated. Well, certainly we will have a reception area set up uh, at our community uh, centre. And from there, we will be uh, pushing them out to available spots. Including hotels and other nearby communities if needed, he says. And in the meantime... People just need to be calm and let the agencies do their job. The Regional District of East Kootenay urges everyone in the region to sign up for their evacuation notification system. And anyone on alert should be prepared with a grab-and-go bag that includes essential items like medications, important documents and ID. Corey Bullock, CBC News, Cranbrook. Right now, there are flames on both sides of Lake Okanagan. The newer flare-up is on the east side, the Kelowna side, and it's believed to be an offshoot of the main fire. The danger is very real, the situation very volatile. Mira Baines is near Kelowna with more about what we know tonight. The hills surrounding Lake Okanagan will be lit up again tonight. People anxious to know if their homes are still standing. Flames blown by strong winds, spitting out embers kilometers away. Just to see the aggression and how the wind and the different colors of the flames and how they candled was just, uh, I was just absolutely devastated and almost fell to my knees. Evacuation orders expanded through the night and day. The McDougal Creek fire burned closer to West Kelowna as more fires started on the Kelowna side. This went like a, a big, ugly serpent. Uh, over the hills and valleys and the crescents of the canyons and then you see these homes uh, with their lights on just underneath that. Local officials say there have been significant losses, but how many built First line uh, uh, responders. Uh, to add up, you have it happening and that's been the case with uh, so many different things, um, including the Mandela effect.
But there was one more uh, video that I did want to share, and this is regarding the land and water grab that is happening in Hawaii. It's happening on those there. To me, it's very uh, No journalists allowed. This again infringes on first time to evacuate molten metals to intact trees. As soon as we're talking about this stuff, somebody's on to us. Could be Mr. Zuckerberg. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Remember when I was talking about that case over here in Shiprock and I got kicked out? Kind of like that. They don't like it. Whether it's the bigwigs or the dark magic people. Don't like it when you talk about their shenanigans. Um, but I backtracked it and we should pick up where we left off. I'm sorry about that. And to turn around back into the fire. No cops on bullhorns. No firefighters in the streets. Most robust emergency siren system in the world did not sound. No warnings whatsoever. Anomalies with reported wind directions that don't scientifically add up. Tourists evacuated by bus. Locals locked in and told that they can't get back in if they leave. School was canceled. Children were home while parents worked. Hundreds of children burned alive. Can't be identified. A perfect circle of fire around Lahaina. Molten metal next to intact trees. Media reporting fractions of real numbers. New insurance policies taken out on Lahaina before the fires. Who owns Lahaina besides the Hawaiians? The oceanfront property. The government. Wild how all this new uninhabitable land that only big developers... And I also have to add... Just a week or less after this fire happened there's two different books out about it how long does it take to write a book can afford to clean up opened up for the plans of turning maui into a smart island with billionaire funding how many do you need it goes on and on and on literally surrounded by water hawaiian official m kaleo manuel refused to release water in maui as the fire wreaked havoc and destruction manuel is the deputy director of the department of land and natural resources let's listen in <laughs> as he explains that water should be revered but not used even in an emergency. The commission is responsible per, per our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective and that's not dif any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know in, in essence we treated it and Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god in a kua kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well-being, right? And living in an island in isolated from other, you know, civilizations. Um, and so I think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something w that we revere as that thing that gives us life, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. Um, and, you know... Okay, so water gives us life. Yes, I understand that. 70% of our body is made of water. Water is meant to save life. 
why the heck are you going to cut off the water where people can't save themselves? Like there's elderly people. There was kids that were taken out of school that day. There was no school that day. So kids were home alone as the parents went to work. Over a hundred kids were murdered that day by whoever set this fire. They're saying it's natural. It's because the wind blew, blah, blah, blah. But the things that happened before this, the things that were planned before this, and the things that are happening now, I'm telling you, this was no accident. This was no natural disaster. She's a Pete. Nine buffet. Sorry about the buffering. I should have a buffering dance. <laughs> we pause and try again. Come on, man. If we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. Another question to ask is why? Why were Maui police ordered to shut down the distribution of emergency supplies to the locals who were affected by Maui fires? Even FEMA's doing it. And you'll see even the police were questioning the orders. Crazy. It's absolutely mind-blowing that supplies for families in need are being turned away. There is extreme corruption going on with the government here. They took 150 meals to be delivered for the people in need that are starving and don't have food or water. They were denied because they don't have a commercial kitchen license. And Dr. the boats that are trying to leave and give supplies to Lahaina and the people in need are having to bust through barricades to deliver supplies. So it seems like at every single turn, the government is doing everything that they can to make sure that the people here that need help do not get help. FEMA came and picked up a bunch of supplies and nobody knows where they went. I know in past FEMA situations, they found shipping containers full of supplies never given to those in need. So super sketchy. Something is very wrong with all of this. I mean, all of it. There are endless videos of survivors and the stories that they tell are absolutely wild. It was a firestorm. I know what There was tornadoes of ash the size of charcoal from a barbecue, like being thrown by baseball players. I'm ducking behind walls. I had to kick in the door at Bubba Gump's to get out of it because I was getting pounded. And then Bubba Gump started on fire and I'm running down Front Street and the wall, there's like 80 people and the ocean was on fire. Firefighter told me because the first layer of ash causes a seal. And then the next layer of ash was all the ambers. 
So the tide line was on fire and had to jump uh, through the water I, I don't know what I'm and come up through the fire. And 80 people, they were on the wall. Everybody started jumping in. Coast Guard was out there grabbing people. And I was like, no, I'm good. I was born in the water. I'm a Kai. And they're grabbing people and I swam. I knew my phone was only good for like 15 seconds being submerged. And then swam for like a half mile north. It was like nothing you've ever seen. This was bad that the people in their cars that were dead and from asphyxiation and the fire blew out the car and you just saw the numbers of the dead are so wrong. FEMA also authorized one-time payments of $700 per household to folks who have been displaced so they can do the immediate things of just taking care of medications and prescriptions. $700. So well, President bless your pointed fucking head, Joe. whopping $700 for Maui fire victims. The U.S. has sent billions of dollars to Ukrainians, but only 700 bucks to Hawaiians. What kind of message is that sending to the rest of the world? Hawaii's Democratic Governor Josh Green sent a message clearly indicating a land grab by saying that he is already actively thinking about ways for the state to acquire the land that was annihilated by the blaze. Just a reminder, on January 3rd of 2023, Maui announced plans to become one of the first American smart cities or 15-minute cities. In order for a 15-minute city or smart city to be implemented, the unelected globalists must first control the land with no private ownership. Listen closely to what Green had to say. I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire that land so that we can put it into workforce housing, to put it back into families. Hawaiians in Lahaina are already getting offers for their now available land from developers. There are many, many coincidences surrounding the Maui fires, but let's take a look closer at this one. Not that long ago, Hawaiian government officials in the areas that were just affected by the wildfires passed a law saying that that land could not be redistricted for new building permits unless some sort or some type of a serious natural disaster occurred. Serious natural disaster occurred. And what did we have happen through those three districts of very sacred land to the Hawaiians? A very serious natural disaster. I'm not going to get into space lasers and all of that. But heard stories. People called their insurance companies after the fire, and the insurance companies, for the first time, informed them that there was zoning infractions on their land, so they would not honor their insurance policies. And within 24 hours of these people losing their homes, the same developers who the Hawaiian elders fought in court to have that law passed are already calling these people and making them offers for their homes. This is what happens when the government sticks their fingers in everything. The government's in the insurance industry, and they're talking to people who are paying for their campaigns, which are the buyers of this land. And they say to these people, hey, let us know when they call you to get their insurance claims and let us know when you deny them so we can then give them a call right away and scoop in and swoop in and be the heroes. So they're gonna get this land that they're gonna develop into millions of dollars worth of property and the Hawaiian elders are gonna get f all. They're gonna get screwed over.
And this happens everywhere. There's too many coincidences for this not to be shady. Wake up. And there seems to be so many similar stories about the vultures swooping in on these victims. Tell you guys, I am so frustrated with investors and realtors calling the families who lost their home, offering to buy their land. How dare you do that to our community right now? If you are a victim, sorry, had a little bit poor reception right there. If you are a victim and they are calling you, please get their name. People keep calling me, sorry. Get their business name so we can put them on blast. I am so frustrated hearing since yesterday that multiple families that I know personally were reached out and offered money from investors and realtors. Shame on you. Shame on you. If you are a Maui realtor contributing to that, karma's gonna come and get you, okay? That is Pilau. And if you are a realtor and they are calling you, investors are calling you to represent them, I hope you have dignity and aloha and compassion to turn them away and tell them off. Speaking of vultures, Hawaiian natives view Mark Zuckerberg as just that. Zuck owns 1,500 acres of land in Hawaii and he wants more. In the past, Zuckerberg sued native Hawaiians for their own land. Zuck stole over a thousand acres of land from the locals. There is history of Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates attempting to purchase all the islands. In fact, in Kauai, Mark Zuckerberg owns more land there than the government of Kauai itself. An article from The Hill explained, in 2017, hundreds of local Hawaiians who owned interest on small pieces of land within his estate were subject to lawsuits by Zuckerberg's lawyers. This is the face of neocolonialism, Kapua Sprout, a law professor at the University of Hawaii, told The Guardian in 2017. Even though a forced sale may not physically displace people, it's the last nail in the coffin of separating us from the land. Mega wealthy people like Mark Zuckerberg have purchased so much land in Hawaii that native Hawaiians they cannot own land on their native island. Cernovich tweeted, Hawaii went two yes. to one for Joe Biden. All their native land is being stolen from them by Democrats. My heart weeps for Maui, but this is what they voted for. Their land will be taken from them now. Mark Zuckerberg is salivating. Cernovich also replied to a video <laughs> of former President Barack Obama saying, your BlackRock friends are going to carve up that native land to hand out to Mark Zuckerberg and other colonists and oligarchs. Like yourself, you probably already have your new place mapped out. So who owns the most land in Hawaii and stands to benefit the most by this disaster? Larry Ellison, Oprah Winfrey, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos. All of Hawaii will Jeff soon belong Bezos. to the billionaires. One billionaire who is actually helping those in Hawaii is Elon Musk, who tweeted, Tesla and SpaceX Starlink doing our best to be helpful to Hawaii. And by the way, He's awesome. did we ever hear back about those Chinese lasers beaming above Hawaii only seven mm -hmm. months ago? Unusual sight captured on camera. 
Japanese and local astronomers say a Chinese satellite was recently seen beaming down green lasers over the islands. The lasers flash for just a couple seconds. Initially thought to be from a NASA altimeter satellite, the Japanese put out a correction note on Monday saying NASA scientists found a most likely candidate as the ACDL instrument by the Chinese DACI-1 AEMS satellite. I went to a University of Hawaii astronomer who read up on AEMS instruments. It's a Chinese satellite that is measuring pollutants, among other things. It has mm -hmm. many different instruments yeah. on it. Seriously, what do you think is happening in Maui, Hawaii? Is this doing. a land grab by elites like Mark Zuckerberg or Oprah Winfrey? Are the conspiracy theories turning out to be true? Was this a natural wildfire or was it something much more sinister? Please share your thoughts with us in the comments section below because we do want to know what you think. Did you enjoy this video? If so, give it a like and subscribe to the channel. As always, I truly appreciate you taking the time to watch this video, and I hope to see you on the next one. Have yourself a fantastic day and take care. Hustle Bitch. So, Hustle Bitch is actually um, the site that you should subscribe to because this guy seems pretty damn smart, and he's covering all the bases. He's on top of stuff. He's even got his little clicker to change scenes like this guy's got it going on um but seriously shit is going crazy in the world and yes it's been going on for quite a while but now it's reached a point where it's like we went uphill it was very slow moving now we're going downhill and look at all this stuff that's happening and i actually read an article the other day talking about how um all this weather phenomenon instead of it being like global warming etc is due to the united states of america using a certain weather uh weapon not saying that's true just saying that's what i hoid but on that note you guys i think um let's stop there let's go to our first music break hold on that sec um let me see what the heck is going on here what the crack is going on? All right. So we are going to go to our first music break. On this break, we have Miss Mia Savage with her group Antidote for Savages. And she shall be singing Your Skeleton. Let Me Be Your Home, Our New Reality, and Lumerian Crypto. And then I promise you guys we will get into the book. I just needed to cover these things because this stuff, this shit has been keeping me up at night. And I just wanted to share with you like what the crack is going on. But yeah. Enjoy my bestie, Miss Mia Savage, with her group Antidote for Savages. If you want to check out any of her content as far as like posts and such, Look her up on Instagram, and I do believe she's also on YouTube.
ja. We are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. Sorry. Muted in certain places and others. Unmuted there. Okay, we're all good. We're good to go. Holy shnikes. This world is on fire. It's insane what's going on. And I just saw a friend of mine, uh, David Spinks, on Facebook, talking about the fires everywhere and how this just ain't adding up. And I'm telling you, it's not. It's the higher powers, whether it be the billionaires of our lives. That could be a soap opera, if you really think about it. Mark, or whatever, Zuckerberg, Jeffrey Bezos, and then our hero. <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh my goodness. Um, I'll start writing a story for that. Sorry, there's something stuck to my lip. Anyways, I'm sorry, I did have to share those uh, video postings with you during the first hour because this is serious. The fires happening in Canada, the fires happening in 
Hawaii, Italy, um, all over the freaking world, there's a massive land grab going on all over the place. So to me, it's pretty intriguing, pretty intense. Um, let me check my settings really quick for my sound and make sure my audio is all good. Okay, it looks good. Looks good. Yeah. So, we shall be continuing with story time with Mitasa TNG. The world's hundred greatest mysteries. Strange secrets of the past revealed. Strange secrets of the past and the future? There's tons of stuff. Everything's colluding, even Mandela effects. Our friend Travis Mustis, he just found one the other day. That's a new one that I haven't seen yet. <sighs> Remember Richard Simmons back in the day? Well, I do because my mom used to work out to that and I remember him grabbing the bread, grabbing the bread, putting it down, putting it down, put the bread back up, put it back up. And they're saying he never wore a headband. He did. He did wear a headband and wrist cuffs, fisticuffs. I don't know. The world has gone crazy. I'm telling you. Anyways, if I look super tired, it's because I don't sleep well at night and then I have to get up early for church in the morning because the kids need a little God or, as I feel, my big brother Jesus in their life and yeah, I have to take them to church every Sunday. It's not for me, it's for them. But I'm super tired, like I could be sleeping right now, but I'd rather be uh, reading these stories to you. Ancient Footprints in Stone Did humans walk the earth millions of years ago? Gigantic beings who might have lived during the time of the dinosaurs? I also have to say, I saw a place where dinosaur tracks and human tracks crossed. People say that dinosaurs and humans didn't live at the same time. I scoff at that because... There's so much evidence, not only with the footprints that are here in the Four Corners area, but as far as the pyramids and such, there's carvings and people carve what they saw. For years, claims have been made that fossilized human footprints, some of them more than 20 inches long, occur alongside dinosaur tracks in the Paluxy Riverbed near Glen Rose, Texas. The prints first found in the 1950s by a local rock hound suggests that a race of human beings more than eight feet tall once lived and interacted with prehistoric beasts as far back as Cretaceous period. Such finds conflict sharply with a standard geological timetable that states humans did not evolve until about 500,000 years ago, more than 65 million years after the dinosaurs became extinct. Um, how do you say lion species? Spanish. Hmm. I don't know. You should ask Nova. She's taken Spanish, so I think she'd know. Generally, I would, but. I don't know. I'm just gonna keep on playing Roblox. And you can even Google it. Yeah. What is buy in Spanish? Alright. Me too. I 
Such finds conflict sharply with the standard geological timetable that states humans did not evolve until about 500,000 years ago, more than 65 million years after this, the dinosaurs became extinct. I'm pretty sure pterodactyls are still flying around. Here in the Four Corners area, there's been pictures of little T-Rexes. I do this, but that's as far as the picture went. So there's grass growing a certain height. I'm saying about two or so feet tall. And then there's a little, you know, T-Rex. About a foot and a half tall. Little baby T-Rex. Could be Mandela Effect. Could be these different places colliding and that's what's happening. But I'm not quite sure at this point. Yet thousands of giant man tracks have been found in rocks along riverbeds from Arizona and Texas to Kentucky and Mississippi, leading some experts to theorize that humans interacted regularly with the prehistoric reptiles of old. Over a hundred human footprint trails have been studied in the Paluxy River area, while a site in Utah suggests these long lost ancestors might have actually worn clothes. Hmm, you think? Clearly, if these ancient footprints in stone are genuine, then something must be wrong with our fossil records. Otherwise, how is it possible that man-like creatures roamed North America millions of years before the emergence of Australopithecus? Australopithecus in Africa and Asia. While some scientists have dutifully examined the Glen Rock and Glen Rose tracks and others most refuse to consider the possibility that human beings and dinosaurs coexisted. Were this momentous statement true, the names of its discoverers would thunder down the corridors of time as individuals who made one of the most outstanding discoveries of the 20th century, says Ernst Mayer of Harvard University. Well, you know, he comes from Harvard, so he's he's got to know a lot. Finding dinosaur footprints side by side with humans would counter evidence that humans evolved long after dinosaurs became extinct and back up the claim that all species, including man, were created at one time. Reported a Nova Television special entitled God, Darwin and the Dinosaurs. On June 1, 1968, William J. Meister, a drafting supervisor and amateur geologist, was searching for tripolites or trilobites, fossils near Antelope Springs in the mountains of Utah, when he unearthed an amazing find, a rock containing human footprints along with fossilized trilobites. Even more amazing was the fact that at least one of the footprints appeared to be wearing a sandal. A sandal? What? We can't have this. The footprint measured just over 10 inches long by 3.5 inches wide at the sole and 3 inches wide at the heel. The heel print was intended or indented in the rock about an eighth of an inch more than the sole. According to one observer, it was clearly the right foot because the sandal was well-worn on the right side of the heel. Several easily visible trilobites were in the footprint. 
Since trilobites became extinct many millions of years before the evolution of Homo sapiens, most scientists understandably are reluctant to even consider the authenticity of the Glen Rose. Antelope Springs or any of the other thousands of tracks reportedly found by conmen and pranksters. Most paleontologists who have examined the disputed impressions declared them to be nothing more than partially registered dinosaur tracks, natural depressions, or in many instances outright fakes carved by local residents to sell to tourists. None of these claims can be substantiated, argues Glenn J. Cuban, president of the Fossil Society of the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. Kuban agrees that the Antelope Springs specimen does appear to contain several real trilobites, but adds, The print itself is questionable on several accounts. Upon closer inspection, the overall shape is seen to consist of a spall pattern and the concretion-like slab, similar, similar to others in the area. There is no evidence that it was ever part of a striding sequence, nor evidence that it was ever on an exposed bedding plane. I have to tell you, the ones that I've seen, you see the dinosaur tracks going one way, and you see the human tracks going another. So it shows that the humans are aware of the dinosaurs and how they could be, you know, invited to dinner that night. And so, yeah, they're watching for dinosaurs. The dinosaurs cross, and then the Homo sapiens, etc., cross across those dinosaur tracks. That's what the evidence that I saw show. But who knows? I'm not a paleontologist. I'm just going by what I felt when I saw it. These fanciful arguments are usually ridiculed by mainstream scientists who generally hold the man originated in Africa at some remote time in the past, then between 12,000 and 30,000 years ago, began a slow migratory track that took them first to Asia, then across a now sunken land, sunken land bridge into Alaska and the New World. But that theory has come under fire in recent years. New evidence is emerging to indicate that man might have arrived in the New World much earlier than thought, and that he came by boat rather than walking from Siberia and down through Canada during the last ice age. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you about something. So recently, parts of the Grand Canyon have been blocked off. This is because there's a place where you foresee a cave hole. Then you go in and it goes back for miles. This place is intense. And at first they thought it was Tibetan because there was a statue holding a lotus flower, but come to find out it was Egyptian. And these Egyptians did in fact come by sea and not by land just had to share that really quick but definitely you guys need to check this out but that theory has come under fire in recent years new evidence is emerging to indicate that man might have arrived in the new world much earlier than thought and that he came by boat rather than walking from Siberia and other 
through Canada during the last ice age. One group of scientists even theorized that North America's first inhabitants may have crossed the icy Atlantic Ocean and ages passed from Europe's Iberian Peninsula. Belonging to a group known as the Solitrians, these pre-modern explorers are believed to have originally settled the eastern seaboard, then gradually spread as far as the American deserts and Canadian tundra, perhaps even into South America. Such thinking has led to radical new ideas concerning the age of man and the new world. Jeffrey Goodman, an in engineering archaeologist from Tucson, Arizona, now thinks it is possible humans first developed in North America, then migrated westward toward Asia and the Old World. Dr. Goodman bases his theory on many individual bits and pieces of information in the archaeological record which, taken together, serve to fingerprint and document specific migrations in reverse. He added, based on the evidence now coming to light, I believe that there was a migration in reverse. Instead of nomadic hunters coming from the Old World to populate the New World, the Paleo-Indians from the New World the first fully modern men anywhere in the world traveled to the old world and woke it from its sound evolutionary sleep. But even Dr. Goodman and other America First theorists are unable to account for the enigmatic presence of human footprints in stone deposits believed to be millions of years old. Not just millions, but many millions many millions of years old. These timeless tracks in stone remain one of the greatest mysteries of our time. Hmm. Hello beautiful sister Sandra. You missed the thing I did on um, Canada earlier as far as the fire and stuff. You gotta be careful sister. In search of mammoths. When Thomas Jefferson sent explorers Meriwether Lewis and William Clark on their now famous expedition to the Pacific Northwest in 1804, his instructions included an unusual request find, study, and, if possible, bring back a live mammoth. Like many leading thinkers of his day, Jefferson believed a lumbering, elephant-like creature still roamed areas of the world, including the American West. He had seen the remains of some of these shaggy brutes with his own eyes. Vast numbers of fossilized bones at Kentucky's Big Bone Lick left behind since the Ice Age and was determined to find one. His obsession led to the construction of a museum inside the White House's East Room that he stuffed with tusks and fossilized bones. To complete his collection, he very much wanted Lewis and Clark to bring back a living mammal. Well, that'd be nice, right? I don't know. One could only hope. 
right? When the 40 men, aka 40 men, expedition returned in 1806, they brought back many exciting mementos, but no mammoths. Clearly, America's virgin territories sheltered no prehistoric elephants. Yet we know today that Jefferson's hunch was not so wide of the mark. We know that early Indians hunted and killed mammoths in great numbers. Go back perhaps 15,000 years. The wink of an eye in geological terms, and we find a variety of proto-elephants trumpeting and thundering across the snow-covered tundra and plains of North and South America. This was the last of the great Pistocene Ice Ages, which lasted from about 1.5 million to 10,000 years ago. During that time, the world grew very cold. Great sheets of ice, sometimes a thousand feet thick, not looking forward to that, moved down from the north. Gouging out the land, these harsh conditions were ideal for the development of giant mammals like mastodons and shaggy woolly mammoths that forged the ancient landscape to present-day Idaho. Early American tribesmen, notably the Clovis people, actually attacked such megafauna with spears, arrows, and long knives. Clovis points, sharp, leaf-shaped, and fluted arrowheads have been found in the skeletal remains of American mammoths. Fortunately for the hunters, their prey were not flesh-eating predators, such as Tyrannosaurus rex, the fearsome dinosaur that lived millions of years earlier. Like today's elephants, the pro-elephants were peaceable creatures that ate grass, leaves, and shrubbery. Most paleontologists believe elephants evolved about 70 million years ago from a pig-like swamp-dwelling mammal about two feet high called a morotherium. morotherium. The morotherids flourished during Yes. I just made another world. Robots. That's very cool. And he can speak multiple different languages. Mm-hmm. That's how it is in a lot of countries. Here in America, we don't. But in other countries, did you know that Cleopatra knew about, I believe it was like 40, I want to say 80, but I'm going to say 40. 40 something languages? But anywho, you should go because I'm doing a show right now and you you promised me. We didn't pinky promise, but you promised me. Alright. Alright, love you. Me too. Happy about your friend. Mm. Oh no, when I said um hello my beautiful sister Sandra and it did come through. I have to try it again. No. And I am dripping sweat right now. Uh, This is not cool. 
It's been so strange because it's been in like, oh, like the low 70s, maybe high 70s, but right now it's right at 90. And I'm just like, ooey T-Shane, I don't know if you can see the sweat all over my forehead and my, my mustache, but it's really driving me nuts. Millions of years after Pangaea broke up and the continents drifted apart, there emerged the famous woolly mammoth, the mastodon, and ultimately today's Asian elephant and the African elephant. In the minds of many scientists, these giant creatures of the Ice Age might have lived on forever, had it not been for the arrival of a deadly predator, man. You know, we mess up a lot of stuff. We're so messed up. Or did they? Indian legends told of encounters with gigantic five-legged beasts, which some researchers took to mean elephant-like creatures, perhaps mammoths. The Chitimaca tribe of Louisiana believed that a long time ago found them in sharing and have reputedly and repeatedly tried to share information have been killed off. Makes you wonder, what is our government up to as well as these fires and other BS that's going on? So disgusting. Could the distant land be the unexplored wilderness beyond the Appalachian Mountains? That was the thinking of President Jefferson, who in 1803 had acquired 800,000 square miles of Trans-Mississippi Territory from the French. In such vastness, he reasoned, there is surely space enough for such creatures. Some scientists think mastodons or mammoths continue to range certain parts of the Americas or United States until about 5,000 years ago, when they were probably driven into extinction by Stone Age people. Well, it's just kind of like how the buffalo were driven into extinction by the United States Army. Yes, we're going to drive this whole herd of buffalo off a cliff because we have to starve the indigenous people. Otherwise, we can't live because their pride, their hope, their draw, their need to keep their land was so strong. The only way to slaughter them or take them over was to get rid of their food source. It's very sad. However, earlier this century, speculation ran high that in some remote corner of the world like Alaska or Siberia, mastodons or mammoths might still be found alive. In 1918, an elderly Russian hunter told the French consul in Vladivostok that he tracked down and killed a huge animal with big white tusks. And they were very curved. The mysterious creature had dark chest-colored hair, which seemed shorter in the front. Could this have been a real mammoth? Perhaps some scientists acknowledge 
pointing to recent discoveries of frozen mammoth cav cadavers excavated in 30,000-year-old ice crevasses in Siberia. One 40,000-year-old baby mammoth found in eastern Russia in the late 1970s was so well preserved the body was virtually unaffected by decomposition. Are there other giant creatures from the Pleistocene hiding somewhere? Early European explorers reported seeing elephant creatures in North America, but provided no truth. However, it is known that a dwarf branch of mammoths survived on Wrangell Island in the Arctic Sea north of Siberia until just 4,000 years ago, about the same time the pyramids were being raised in Egypt. And there's a whole huge freaking discussion about that. But yeah, we'll move on to our next story. Thunder of the Gods. For centuries, people living in central Montana Rockies have reported hearing strange sounds echoing across the higher elevations. Hey guys! Well, there's three of you, now there's one, but yeah, went out wondering what the crack happened to my internet. My husband's there stuffing his face and uh, when he was plugging in the lamp, he actually accidentally hit the switch for the internet. So my apologies, what the crack is going on? So freaking frustrating. Just kidding, it'll be okay. Makes you want to slap someone. Could this have been a real mammoth? Perhaps some scientific knowledge pointing to recent discoveries of frozen mammoth cadavers excavated. Okay, so I already read all this stuff. Thunder of the Gods. For centuries, people living in central Montana Rockies have reported hearing strange sounds echoing across the higher elevations. Some say the noise resembles the discharge of cannon. Others liken it to cracking ice. The Indians called the mysterious noise thunder of the gods. Whenever the sounds were heard, they said it meant the gods were angry. When explorers Meriwether Lewis and William Clark heard about the old stories, on their visit to the region in early 1805, they dismissed them as a superstitious prattle. Then in June 1805, as their expedition pushed deeper into the Rocky Mountains, the famed adventurers began to reconsider. What exactly was this they were dealing with? They're not quite sure. We have repeatedly heard a strange noise coming from the mountains, they wrote in their journal. 
but is heard at different periods of the day and night, sometimes when the air is perfectly still and without a cloud. It is loud and resembles precisely the sound of a six-pound piece of ordnance. Are you talking about explosions? Two decades earlier, Daniel Jones of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences studied similar occurrences near West River Mountain in New Hampshire. I'm not hearing the background noise. I have to make sure it's going still. Okay, it's going. Good. Hudson's there became obsessed with these oddities, Jones noted, adding that the sounds were similar to inexplicable booming noises heard during colonial times near what is now Hartford, Connecticut. Sounds the Indians called mudas, meaning strange noises. Loud, unexplained noises that shatter windows and rattle houses are nothing new in the lore of strange phenomena. Mysterious booming sounds go back thousands of years to the time of Aristotle, who wrote of strange subterranean noises that frightened citizens, sometimes jolting them out of their beds. The philosopher guessed that strong winds were responsible, but subsequent theorists have linked these aberrant sounds to everything from collapsing riverbeds, falling meteors, ghosts, and cracking ice to earthquakes, falling boulders, and parts of the continental shelf falling off. It's funny how, like, right in the middle of all of that, they say ghosts. Hello? What the heck? The fact is that nobody knows for sure what they are, and that's what has a lot of people scared especially folks living along the coast of North Carolina who've been hearing the sounds for years. We hear it all the time, a rolling crashing noise that makes you think every window in the house is going to break, said Fred Schlesinger, a part-time resident of Bald Head Island near Wilmington. Jim Lanier, director of the North Carolina Aquarium at Fort Fisher, said, It's pretty dramatic. It sounds exactly like artillery fire, artillery guns, cleaning way off the coast. The bonus booms have been heard in almost every country in the world, known as fog belches in Harlem. They go by dozens of names elsewhere. The Haitians call them Gulfri the Nova Scotians, airquakes, or sea farts. In Ontario, they are known as Cornwall thumps, while in Florida, they are just air sounds. British officials stationed at Barisal in Bangladesh, near the mouth of the Ganges River, knew them as Barisal guns. The name scientists generally use today when describing the phenomenon. Since the days of Lewis and Clark, the scientists have tried unsuccess unsuccessfully to solve the riddle of these mysterious bad result guns. The most ambitious attempt was launched in 1978. Hey, that's the year I was born. That's a good year. 
by the Naval Research Laboratory at the request of the U.S. Congress. Their conclusion, two-thirds of the events were caused by supersonic aircraft, even when no aircraft was nearby, while the rest were ascribed to unknown causes. Researchers have found that audible booms can be produced by an earthquake shockwave, which causes the ground to vibrate up and down, sending sound waves into the air just like a loudspeaker. By using a, seismo a seismometer, microphone, and tape recorder during a 1975 California earthquake, David Hill of the U.S. Geological Survey recorded a boom from a shockwave that caused no obvious tremors. The sound was a soft, soft rumble, sort of like distant thunder, said Dr. Hill, who thinks that the most reported brontides, the name used by Italians to describe the phenomenon, have been associated with earthquakes or with distant explosions, transmitted by freakish, freakish atmospheric conditions. Thomas Gold, an astrophysicist at Cornell University, agrees that many brontides have been caused by earthquakes, but his calculations show that to produce a very loud boom, an earthquake must be strong enough to be felt. Therefore, he reasoned, the earthquake theory doesn't account for loud booms unaccompanied by earth tremors nor does it account for the many reports that mention booms along with flames. So Dr. Gold has revived a theory that was used at the turn of the century to explain the lake guns heard in upstairs New York at Seneca. He suggested that some brontides are caused by high-pressure natural gas that escapes rapidly from the ground and explodes in the air perhaps sometimes igniting into flames. Donald Steyerman, a geophysicist at the University of California, a riverside who has studied the flow of gas underground, says Dr. Gold's hypothesis has no merit, except in very special circumstances like geysers or mud volcanoes. Gas doesn't escape from the ground quickly enough to produce booming sounds, except for in Yellowstone. His guess is that most of the natural booms are caused by earthquakes, while scientists continue their debate. The bare assault guns are likely to go right on booming. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Well, on that note, you guys, um, it is a little early, but we are going to go to our second music break let's go so on this break we have miss mia savage with her group antidote for savages and like i've said before in the past she totally reminds me of a trent Reznor of her time not only is she singing the lyrics and playing the music etc she's doing everything so mia savage aka antidote for savages you can check out on Instagram. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you like it. And check out her videos on YouTube. Pretty damn epic. She's doing a, an awesome job. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you back after this music break. 
Welcome back, and thanks so much for joining me this evening on We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. Oh, man, I think we lost Jay. We lost somebody. Anywho's. So, I'm sorry. Like, the first hour, I'm just stuck on this new situation. I've seen these videos where it's like laser beams are shooting down at these certain locations. Um, I've seen the before pictures and the you know, mess with pictures, pictures where the laser beams don't show up and then pictures where laser beams do. So they're trying to say it's laser beams from space causing this fire. I think it's something else. But anywho, in this last hour, I'm going to share some videos with you guys. And I was not prepared for this. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed how uh, I went off air for a second. My husband came back home. He was trying to plug in the lamp, turned off the power switch, so the internet went off. So that was pretty messed up. And it's super hot in here. Well, I'm not going to say that in front of Jay because Jay's actually dealing with some super hot weather. Here it's like 90 degrees in the office. But that's hot to me because, you know... I'm used to Colorado weather and wait, he's Shane, it's freaking hot in here. But yes, I have a video I want to share with you guys. So this one is from Mind Free. Oh wow, I just got an email back from the lady that I I actually went and got interviewed for a pilot show that is supposed to come out by Lorian Finton and our friend Stephen B. Ubaney. I can't say anything because I signed a non-disclosure and etc. etc. But I'm super excited. If this does happen, that would be amazing. Okay, so I am in the right place. What the crack? Okay, so this is on important. Evacuation. So, this is by Mind Freak, and it's 15 scary ghost videos accidentally caught on camera. Where are you? Who are you? Hello, I want to say what to It's not even showing it. What the crack is going on? Shows Mark Zuckerberg, blah, blah, blah. I might have to go back in really quick and share that with myself once more. I apologize, you guys. You know, ain't nothing perfect, but all I gotta go do is go back to uh, my library. Library. No, not catfish. Like to an otherwise lifeless bird. Sure. The bachelor. Good lord. Sorry, guys. No, right when I go to it, it keeps me off. Found it. And it's a top 15. Top 15 videos. Ever since they uh, reset the internet, by trying to turn the lamp on. 
everything's freaking strange right now. So hold on. Oh. Trying to share. Here we go. And I've already done this, but I'm going to do it again. No, this is not it. It's like, do you want to share the flash cell? No, I don't. Why do people say that our free drone giveaway isn't real? She's a Pete, Team U. So, Team U, Emus. Oh my gosh, this is worse than hackers. Here we go. 15 scary ghost videos accidentally caught on camera. Telling you, you guys, that this is insane. Like, every time I try to share it, it's not letting me do it. Okay. I apologize for the delay. This will take a wee couple more minutes. We got this. But yeah, the very last ones were more evacuation orders issued on West Kilo, Kilona. That's in Canada. Here we go. Found it. Sorry, guys. This is so embarrassing. Let me check all my sound stasises. Alright, looks like we're good to go. Ghost of Route 16. Residents of a small town in Poland were quick to share the following creepy video across social media. The footage captured on the winding Route 16 is especially eerie given the road's dark reputation. For years, there have been whispers and tales of ghostly sightings along this stretch. The video in question seems to show just another unsuspecting driver navigating the road, but what they recorded terrified local residents. As the vehicle rounds the bend, the glow from its headlights illuminates a ghostly, pale figure standing still on the roadside. The shape of this entity, which some believe to resemble a woman, could be easily dismissed as a mere road sign. However, locals assert that no sign of that particular shape exists there, leading many to believe this may indeed be a genuine ghost sighting. But what do you think? Is this a ghost caught on camera as the locals believe? Let me know down below. If Definitely you're a fan not of scary a videos, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell icon so you don't miss any future uploads. No, definitely the make shadow. sure you subscribe to Mind Junkie. This next entry was taken by a person named Kiana. Kiana says that one night at my cousin's house, we had a friend over. It was about 10 p.m. at night when we were all playing on the computer. My cousin Jose decided to take a photo of our friend and didn't think anything of it. Later that night, we looked at the photograph and saw something odd in the background. 
Captured in a photograph, a mysterious dark figure can be seen standing in the background. Facebook users have been left stunned by this photograph, with many believing that whoever, or whatever, this is, appears to be a lady with long hair holding an object in her arms. And the majority believe this to be legitimate proof of a, quote, shadow figure. But what do you think? Drop a comment below with your thoughts. What was that? What was that? The following creepy footage comes from TV Peru's news coverage of heavy rains in the Cacica region. Nobody seemed to notice that in one of the clips they showed live on TV, something terrifying was captured. I've seen this one before. Super creepy. He's also got a stick in his hand. Captured on live I don't know TV. If you saw that. Something which He's doesn't got a stick look in his human hand. appears to crawl out of the right water. But See? what is it? YouTube viewers have been left scratching their heads on just what this bizarre figure could be. Some believe it's some sort of strange creature, but others argue it's just a very muddy person. But what do you think this is? Let me know. Kuntilanak. While we often envision spirits lurking in old houses, the restless dead are not bound by walls or time. In a creepy video shared on Reddit by Tony Way 1992, an eerie presence is seen haunting a home still under construction. Could the land upon which the house stands be cursed, beckoning entities from the other side? Caught on camera just before the video ends, a figure with long dark hair dressed in white can be seen stepping past the window. Tony Way 1992 says that this figure is quote, a Kuntilanak, a vengeful female spirit. Looks more like a hairy monkey. What is this? Is it an optical illusion or something more sinister manifesting before our eyes? Use the comments to share your thoughts. Ghostly Grasp You don't need to be alone in the dark to have a terrifying encounter with the paranormal. This man, working in a kitchen, had people all around him when this horrifying oh moment happened. Look at his feet. As the man stirs the food, he's suddenly pulled back by something we can't see. If we zoom in, we can see the man's feet suddenly lift off the floor before he floats backwards in the air. To me, so... Do-do-do, mind my own business. Do-do-do, then movies go flying off. At the very start, he bends down to pick up a video off the floor. He puts it back in his place, not realising how it got there. He goes around to the other side and jumps as a 
video falls right in front of his eyes. The employee tries to ignore it until he hears more videos falling off the shelf behind him. This time, he decides it's best to get out of there. Viewers suggest that the strange happenings in this video are the work of a malicious poltergeist, with many believing it to be real paranormal activity caught on camera. I'd but say that's real. Drop a comment below with what you're thinking. Real. The well. The well. This one's great. Water wells, by nature, are deep, dark reservoirs of mystery, and sometimes they attract more than just the curious. This CCTV footage might not plunge directly into its depths, but from above, it captures something or someone eerily reminiscent of tales we've heard from films like The Ring. Just who or what decided to visit this well? Just like in a chilling scene from The Ring, a ghostly figure in white with long black hair emerges behind the well before disappearing into its shadows. Now, while this footage might not be genuine, I felt compelled to showcase it. After all, The Ring stands as an iconic horror movie that many of us adore. It was one of the first films that genuinely sent shivers down my spine. What's your take on this eerie resemblance then? Real or fake? Or just a cinematic homage? Use the comments to share your thoughts. The Drifting Darkness While most of us think of offices as mundane, sometimes they hold eerie secrets that are anything but ordinary. In the quiet hours after everyone has clocked out, a CCTV camera in an empty office captures something utterly perplexing not a worker not a glitch but i've seen this one i'm nuisance in the quiet hours after the final customer has left and the clove sign is hung most stores settle into a peaceful slumber but not this one this particular store with its rich history has long been rumored to harbor more than just merchandise and when the owners decided to install a cctv camera to monitor the space they weren't prepared for the creepy footage they'd capture Maybe they were wicked evil? I don't know. I've seen this video too. I love seeing new videos. Way behind wants the wall. This eerie face. Demi and her friends immediately inform the manager. The group were taken upstairs to him after spotting. Can't quite discern, but it's penetrating and menacing. Most comments Indeed. appear to believe that this is a genuine ghost caught on camera. I would but say what so. What do you think? At the same time, that vanishes, leaving behind more. This. Let me know what you think. The Banshee. Oh man, not that bitch. This next video was uploaded to TikTok by user Chaos and went viral due to how creepy it is. Questions than answers. Just who or what is this? Oh, that sounds like some haunted ass shit, dude. That is haunted ass shit. Even more chill echoes through the den. Parallels to the harrowing scenes from of them wouldn't ever go camping. Chaos himself labelled the ordeal as probably the most scariest shit 
he's ever experienced in his life. Some speculate the haunting cries belong to a banshee in the Blair Witch Project and say this is one of the reasons Sundo. The group decide to vent to help her, but soon realise the house is abandoned and that no one is inside it. As they're about to head upstairs, this happens. You know what, I think this camera has a light. Yes. Alright, cool. What was that? Oh my god, who slammed the door? Was that you? Oh my god, why is this house so creepy? What the heck's going on? Oh my god. Someone just ran up the stairs, dude. I think that's the girl that needs help. Wait, no, I'm not going. We have to get out of here. If you're not gonna come with us, then just stay here. Fine, I will. You know what? We'll come pick you up after. Where'd she go? Joe? You know what? Whatever. We'll get her after. Oh my god, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. This is so fake. Even though it's like really good as far as the animation goes, so fucking fake. The person recording spins the camera around. Did you see how the guy's like trying to run? Like, standing in the darkness. Hunter inside the house had been left terrified. This short horror video, created by the team behind the Under Red Alert channel, uploaded in 2011, it has since garnered over 3 million views. And for many, it stands as one of the most spine chilling videos Even acknowledging its fictional nature, you can tell by the way people react, how they're touching things like. Video if I was afraid, I'd be like, I like running, but he's like, watch. Thank you so much Slowly for watching touching today's the edge video. and stuff if like that. If you're a fan of scary content, make sure you check out either of these two please videos Please do, here. make sure you do and subscribe. If you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button and subscribe so you'll never miss any of our weekly uploads. See you next time. Definitely make sure you check him out. Mind Junkie. Ghost of Route 6. For sure. Uh, we can't do another one of those because they're just too long. Um, But I'm trying to go back. Let's go back. <sighs> so, the other ones that I was going to share before I shared this one was Joe Rogan. You know me, I love Joe Rogan. Um, I've actually been called a female Joe Rogan. Um, I, I didn't put that name on myself, but somebody else said that. And um, so he's got not only ghost stories, but alien stories. So I'd like to share some of those. If it's short enough, let's see. Let's try the craziest alien ones. Let's try this. How about a little bit of this? And a little bit of that. Alright, this should be good. Come on, Joe. Let's go. Oh, this one's super long. Uh, let me try another one. I think the ghost stories is actually a little bit shorter. 
Here we go. Let's try this one. These are the craziest ghost stories ever told on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. So tell me about the Queen Mary. There's this one room, B340, uh, that hadn't been open for 30 years. And allegedly they closed it down because uh, there's multiple unexplained murders and or suicides in that room. Uh, and we're like, whoa, like, you know, if, if this is the first week this is open after 30 years. This is going to be an amazing like, story to tell or, you know, video film. And so we went in there trying to make something or like trying to get something. We obviously Send didn't really that much. So we're like, all right, let's just see if it happens. If there's going to be a haunted location, it will be this. Uh, we, we toured around, did the whole thing. Uh, weren't getting much. And we were kind of frustrated at that point because we are like, all right, this is supposed to be the cream of the crop. This is supposed to be the big, big wig. Like, cream why can't like this happen? Uh, and so it was four o'clock in the morning at this time. We've been trying for hours of just sitting in circles, like asking out. And we didn't like, have okay. any equipment at this time. This is like the first place we ever went to. So we were just like meandering like the hall- hallways being like, is anything here? Yeah, like, <laughs> like just, just trying to get something happen. to happen right. uh, on camera. And nothing w- was happening. And so we're like, Ugh fine i guess let's do this let's just like leave like it's, it's fun to tell the story let's just leave uh and so we turn off the camera start packing up we walk like start walking towards the door and as soon as we turn like actually we're about to like get out of the room the faucet turns on like full blast for four seconds what? and then turns back off and we all like actually like you know freeze and freak out two of our roommates that were there at the time like just immediately started like crying we were like we ran in we we're like okay how, how was that actually possible at all Maybe that's a sign of like it doesn't want to be filmed and it doesn't want us to leave. So maybe let's just not not film this and try one more time just for the just for the heck of it. And so that's what we did. But this time it worked. And to like the weirdest extent, we just like put put away all of our cameras. We sat in the most serious tone saying like, OK, guys, like before this didn't really believe. So like if this is happening, let's let's have something happen. And so we all sit in the dark together and we start calling out questions and we're like, okay, like, is there anybody here? And we hear a knock. And so we're like, okay, maybe that's something. Very faint, though. It was like a tap. Like a tap. And so we're like, okay, let's just run with that. Can you tap more than once? And there was like three taps. We're like, okay, this is really weird. Like, can we start asking questions? And, and how loud are you saying this? Like, is it possible that someone could have heard you from another room? That's what we thought. So go- going, like, we were talking probably like this, but then there was times where we talked, like, really quiet. And, like... We, ch- we tested everything. But so what we did is we decided let's ask questions using these taps. So we, we said tap once for yes, tap anything more than once for no. We had a yes or no conversation for 35 minutes with something that we cannot explain. Mm-hmm. And we did everything because we were skeptical at this did point. Did you film any of this? We didn't think so. But apparently what? one of our friends who's like super religious was like, hey, no matter what, the entire night – he was keeping an audio recording in his pocket. We had no idea. We had no idea that he was doing that. So nobody talked about it. So if there was something there, no, it didn't know either. Yeah, we, we had no idea he had pulled that out. Like, we genuinely were like, okay, no one's filming. We even say in this audio recording, like, no one's filming. Like, this is no bullshit. Like, everyone, please, like, be serious about this. And so we had this conversation back and forth, and we tried to trick it. You know, like, we would ask questions in different manners. Like, okay, is there more than one of you? Yes. And then we'd say, are you alone? And it would say no. Back and forth, trying to get 
this thing and this, the story kept straight the entire time mm-hmm. and we were like okay come on there, there could be someone like screwing with us this is like on you know the news of being like haunted place yeah. like what's going on well what was crazy about it too is all the knocks they weren't just coming from one one section that would make sense if like maybe something outside was like tapping um these knocks would be like below us and then above us to our sides some would be louder than other ones we went out to the hallway a couple times and we realized that we were like the last room um, besides like this like utility room to our left Um, and obviously we had like basically that whole like floor to ourselves um, as well since it was super late Um, yeah and and then like sometime in the middle we were like like okay like let's like ask a question under our breath yeah like okay like this this thing does not want us to leave and at that moment the entire floor shook boom like we were all like, oh my god, what was that? Was you can feel the vibration in your feet crashing on the ship or something. Seriously, huge. And so we're like, okay, so this thing doesn't want us to leave. And maybe we should just like ask questions under our breath for the rest of the time, just so we know it's not some employee, it's not someone like screwing with us the entire time. So fast, fast, uh, fast forward to the very end, we were like, okay, we've had a bunch of conversations. At this point, we really believe if this is truly something, I want to know something about something deeper. Sounds than just malicious. Or just, like, something silly of, like, how many people are here. So I decided, let's ask about religion. And I ask out, is there a heaven? And it knocks three times, meaning no. And at that point, our two religious friends that were there, like, immediately jumped up and said, we have to leave right now. We had no idea why. Why? We gotta go. We gotta go. Like, just don't look back. Let's go. That's the stage left. Stage right even. All the way to the car without anyone saying anything. And as soon as we got in the car, we're like, what's going on? Like, why do we have to leave? He's like, well, in the Christian religion, the anything, like, demonic or evil is supposed to, like, basically disprove that there is a heaven in order, mm-hmm. you know and so what they were saying is like we don't think this is some like spirit or something something paranormal there we think it was something that was trying to lead you away from heaven or yeah, demonic territory type thing i'd after watching floor there is no shadow it's a ghost that's well, a legit you don't think that's a person that's not a person for sure my wife is the only one in the house hmm. yeah could have been her crazy and you think new that's boyfriend. a gun Roseanne? Could be a clipboard. Maybe he's just a really annoying surveyor from the dead. <laughs> How many members of your Just like a few moments of your time to <laughs> yeah. fill out this report. Did you have video of it? Was it moving or something? No, but I have a video of another thing in the same office, which this I could is, show you. This is weird. Yeah. No, let's see it. Yeah, see, it does seem, it seems like, you know, the light is behind him, right? Like, yeah. It does. Like the outside. Coming in the thing yeah so basically the exhibit that he's ever had to close down they're (laughs) terrified look at their faces look at their Ah! (laughs) their faces that looks so real (laughs) like why did you bring us here (laughs) with with you guys yes oh my god yeah that like he had to shut down that museum because or that exhibit specifically because a lot of people were like complaining about you know getting nauseous or throwing up or something like that. That's apparently the only uh, That's what happens with demons. close off in Jeez. that museum. Uh, but for some reason, he was, like, super nice to us and was like, guys, besides me, no one's sat in there since the exorcism that had occurred on that chair. So if you guys want to, you guys can sit in it for the first time you ever. Come in. Let me feed you to and the demons. that was one of those times, like, we're down to push the limit and stuff like that. But that was one oh of those times Lord. that I actually, like 
gather myself and be like, we can do it. Like, let's figure this out. Let's, like, not actually, like, overthink about it. So what is... Are you, what are you talking to? Like when you're saying you've gone too far, like you've, you have headphones on and you have your blindfold on. Yeah. Estes so what's method. going on? So this is one of like our favorite experiments. It's called the Estes method. It relies on the theory that if you take away certain senses, other ones are enhanced. Um, and so there's this thing called a spirit box that like shuffles through different radio fr- frequencies. And what I'm doing is I'm like focusing on like whatever it says. And I can't hear the questions that... Colby and what other are you, people. You're hearing something in your ears? Yeah, he, well, I'm hearing radio static, basically. It's going Hello. Really, like, really. Every once in a while, we'll break into a radio station where we'll be like, a song or something that like will be something saying, saying or like just a word will pop out. But mostly you just hear static. And these mm. are like uh, noise-canceling headphones, and I can't see what they're saying. So it's basically you have, like, you're blindfolded, you have this thing on, it's static, and occasionally sounds come through that are words. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so you're just repeating those words? Well, so I'm out, I'm like watching him, and I'm asking questions out. And whatever's there is supposed it's to like, use the Estes method, or like use Sam basically as the vessel to the conduit of. So, for example, I'd be so bad, so bad. Yes, over there, or something like that. And so you're but in this no haunted oh, rocking chair, yeah. and you're using this method with blindfolds on and the earplugs. Yeah, and basically to sensory deprive myself, so that no matter what, I couldn't be just faking an answer and hearing what he said and saying right. something random. So the theory is, yes, there will be other random words that happen because it's radio frequencies. However, but down to the co- co- coincidence theory, if things make sense over and over and over again to the questions that he's asking, then that is said to be more paranormal. Mm. Yeah, so what did it feel up. like for you to be sitting in that creepy chair? So during that, it was a whole different world. Um, but what was really, really interesting is like Colby said, after doing this a lot, like it takes a lot for us to have a physical reaction. Uh, although, yes, I was definitely terrified because of all the the lore and the so stories good, that were being told Sam, all the way to this seriously. point. The guy telling us a hundred times, no one has ever done this before. <laughs> You're about to be the first. It's terrifying. But mm. sitting down on that chair for the first time, I think ever, gave me a feeling of almost being paralyzed. I don't know if you've ever been Dude, uh, like hypnotized. Have you ever been hypnotized? Yeah, yeah. So the feeling of being in hypnosis was almost immediate as soon as I like sat down there. Not when I was in the doing that like experiment, but prior to that, um, where I couldn't necessarily feel my legs as much. And yes, like if you gave me, you know, like uh, ultimatum, if you have to stand up right now or you're going to die, I could stand up. But you know, like if you've been under hypnosis, it's like this pressure that you probably shouldn't do this or that your your mind is being swayed to do something else and to me that pressure was don't stand up so you Be felt like you're under a spell don't yeah do it. and like the the same oh, thing with hypnosis like i've been hypnotized before and like i said if everything in my being wanted to stand up yeah i can stand up or i can not listen to like what's happening however if you allow yourself to like feel that the feeling was paralyzing and like, I, I always run a lot so i always uh like use this as an example it felt as though within seconds of sitting down on that chair i had run five ten miles like it felt like i was Dude, sore seriously and like my legs were like real, you can't you know, breathe like, the, uh, like almost like sluggish feeling yeah. to like your, you're your tired muscles after you can't breathe workout. that's what your I heart felt is racing 
Oh theater ghosts are, the, are some of my favorite in theaters. When you go right, when you go perform in these theaters, oh. and you talk to the people, I always ask, "Do you have a ghost?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a little boy. I was in. Where was I? Oshkosh. Oshkosh, Bagosh. And there was an old theater, and the guy who runs the theater said, "You know, we've had there's legendary. They keep talking about there's like three ghosts in the thing, and they're having a cocktail party upstairs in this like cocktail lounge off the balcony." And his son, this guy's son, ran into the balcony, and he's talking with people. He goes, "I got to go get him." And he goes in there, and the kid's leaning over the balcony, talking to the stage, having a conversation with someone. He's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, no, no, that oh, this is my dad. Yeah. What he wants us to he's go down there? Cool. <laughs> Who wants us to go? That guy. He wants us to go down there. <laughs> there was no one." Down. The thought about that with little kids is that little kids have not dulled all of their senses with the pressure. Their minds of the are world still open. And all the other information that we carry around in our heads and all of our ideas of what's real and what's not real. And that little kids are open yeah. more and then they can see things. Well, um, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was talking about that oh, with his God. son. But his son is like. Not Flea. I think it was Flea. Yeah. But his son is like tuned in to spirits in a way and uh-huh. then that he was looking at so are my kids that these kids are not like maybe we all have that in us but it's blunted right by it depends on your parents and life and the lack of sleep and yeah. responsibilities and relationships depends and on your parents and dude fear yeah like, and everything and right it's just and and also like we define how the world is right we we get it in our head that this these are the parameters for the world yeah. this is how the world works and that's it and go to work and fucking Button up your fucking sleeves. And, <laughs> right, this is my beliefs. Yes, yeah. My belief system is going to carry me through. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, this is what it is. It's a fact. Right. It is. There are things, there's so many things that we've seen that are like, okay, that makes me want to inch a little closer or try right. it again or do it again. You know, there's that like, you know, spark of like, oh, I cannot explain how that happened. What's the mm-hmm. most profound one that you guys have experienced? I mean, Besides there's, Queen Mary? there's both like in, in like, individual experiences that have been insane like for me for example i went in texas actually there was a spot um called bowers mansion i don't know what city it was in you it was a small small, small town. town in texas and uh this was one of these spots where nobody has ever investigated um or with just like a handful of people so we were going to be like, the first youtubers to really investigate and like put it on the map um, and it had to deal with like i think it was like a murder suicide some guy like killed his wife and then shot himself. Um, and we're trying to like, especially this year and in the future, try to just put ourselves in more uh, scary situations. So it never, you know, it's always like exciting and stuff like that. And so we, we're trying to do like more like alone challenges and stuff and just oh. things that like give us more fear. And so for this specific one, I had the challenge of like staying in the entire like mansion by myself. Um, and I was on the top floor in like a room which was deemed to be like the most haunted um apparently a guy named like bernard had lived there like in the past bernard? And, uh, basically was like stuck in a wheelchair his entire life and oh, no. stayed in that room and would like only look out the window and that's it and he died oh man apparently still in the room that's and so i'm sad. up there and sam is not even in the house i think you're actually in the cellar and then one of our other buddies is like across the street and um earlier before we all did like the alone investigation, the door as we were walking down the stairs of the Bernard room closed shut. And we were all like, wait, did you guys hear that too? Was that just my imagination? We run up there, it's completely shut. And so we obviously propped it back open. But since I knew that had happened before, 
I was just up there like asking questions to Bernard and I was just like, all right, Bernard, if you're really up here, why don't you slam this door right behind me like you did for us earlier? It's just me and you. Seriously? Do it. And um, sure enough, like the door slammed right behind me. It's like right when I turned. So you're alone. In I'm this alone. That's super creepy, yeah. Colby. And you're talking to ghosts. Yeah. And you're asking super the ghost creepy to slam Colby. the door and he Literally. slams the door. And he slams it right and, behind and me. And you're sitting there going, what the it, fuck? Not instantly, sitting there. Instantly, <laughs> instantly, <laughs> not sitting there. <laughs> like I went into tears. Like, And it's all on camera. Like, um, I've never like gotten like super emotional like from going to these like haunted places, but it brought me to tears where I just immediately started walking. And of course, like this is our, our job. Like we want this stuff to happen. Right. But I've never had it was almost more of like a jump scare that was startling than anything. What? Was right behind me. Dan yeah, with the haunted farmhouse. I love Dan Akers. I, I need him on my well, show. Well, let's say, let me say that it's there's residual energy from the people who've lived there in the past. My so you hear footsteps and voices and creaks and doors closing and that, and many people have had experiences in it. So there's a reason why people don't want to live in a house where people were murdered. No one was killed in that farmhouse, but, right, but many people passed there. But even that weird mm. that weirds people out. But absolutely, if you have a house where people were murdered, and this is why there's laws, you have to. I did. I had to divulge. Did you? Uh, it wasn't because of a murder, but when I sold uh, our house in Los Angeles, uh, we lived in Mama Cass's old estate in Woodrow Wilson Drive, and oh, we sold it to Beverly D'Angelo, and she's been on the Celebrity Ghost Show talking about the spirits that were in that house. What happens? Uh, you know, jewelry will hop around on the table, shapes will be seen, you'll mm. feel a touch in the shoulder, that kind of thing. The staff mm. felt it. Um, and, uh, I had an experience one night where something got into bed with me. Uh, I was alone. And I don't know what went on there, but I, I just figured out. Oh, uh, well, in my, you pretty sure it was sexual, dude. I think I was being come on to she there. She was anyway, playing with uh, his baby. This is a YouTube clip. That right house. Now, uh, oh my God! I don't well, even remember this part of the show. And I didn't refuse mm -hmm. it. Uh, uh, so know, you resisted? You know what? I just. Nuggled up Dan next to it and went to sleep. You spooned I felt, with it. I did. I felt a shape. I looked and saw the depression in the mat. I, I saw the depression in the mattress, and I felt a shape, something next to me, like felt a form next to me, and I, I, nugg I nuggled. No, no, not that night. No, I was he wasn't drinking that Neo Crystal vodka or nothing. You're laying alone in bed, mm -hmm. and you're working Oof. on a film. What I'm film lying was there. It? What film was it? Uh, it was something that I've been working down at Universal. Um, I don't know, maybe Dragnet or something like that. Okay. So you're working on Dragnet. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Lying in bed, and then there's like a weight next to you. I feel a weight next to me. I turn, and I look. Like a the, person is laying oh, in bed. I saw the depression. Oh, my there were two, God. Yes, and, I, and, and I, there were two spirits that might have been there. Maybe Mama Cass herself, although she died in London. Dude, and then there was Dan. another guy that apparently... A rumor was he died uh, of a drug overdose at a party, and they buried him in the hillside. And my daughter saw him walking with a little red-haired girl down the hall once, and and uh, mm -hmm. and you know we think that, that that he might have been there. But anyway, when we sold the house to Beverly, uh, there was a uh, right in the California real estate uh, document that we had to sign. By law, you have to divulge any unusual activity in the house. So I had to sign a, a, oh a, a, a clause in there that said yes. At the beginning of our tenure in the house, we did have experience. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. Holy so you shit. you have a real belief in ghosts. It's kind real. of kind yeah. of like not a hundred percent, but but you're you have an open I mind. I bump into them sometimes for I real. Think. Oh yeah, and She's I don't like, see oh, them, but I oh, feel hello. them and hear them, and the, like 
I know. Go ahead. Look, the little, the little <laughs> smile. That little smile. That's why I don't. Uh, we're talking about it because we're on the weirdness podcast. But like, I don't talk about it because it just doesn't get a good response. Well, I'm trying to be open minded. <laughs> so when you, bu- I believe you. You don't seem like a liar by any stretch of the imagination. But but I have a huge imagination. I'm so sure you do. I could very easily be huge. Tricking myself into something. What do you feel? Like, what happens? Um, I just bump into them. Like they just. If you walk into a room, I mean, it happens maybe once a year. Yeah. And you walk into Welcome a room, you walk somewhere, something's going on, and you just feel it. Yeah. And it's very, very strong. And you, I just, Such I talk to them. I just place. say, like, it, mostly hotel rooms. Such let's a just say, place. if I'm in a hotel room on tour, and I, I'll either move if I don't like it, or I'll just say, Checking alone in that room, I'll be like, hi, I'm playing a show <laughs> at, like, so-and-so. I'm only here for two days, but I really need to get some sleep. Um, you can come to the show. I tell them they can come to the show if they want. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, this is what I do for a living, and I try to, like, hear and think what they do for a living. I would be psyched if I was a good... That, that was, that was the... science. Mm. And it's true. All the... More time left... And I think it's because, you know, the cutoff and all this other stuff going on with the show. But you guys, like, no, it's crazy because it's saying, like, we have so much mockings. Oh, my God. The thing was just uh, redeciphering, but I want to thank all of you out there to Paranormal Forum. Never night. See you next time. Nighty night, love and light. I'll see you next time. Same time, same crazy place. Just make sure you take care of my use because I do love you.